0: And we're back in your corner. Anytime you want to reach out, that's very simple. 1-855-821-5900. Help at in your uh, as well. Global TV show reminder in your corner Sundays at 8.30 in the morning. Lots of stuff to get through today, uh, Savan. So we'll get right to it, including a bunch of emails and uh, and stuff. I got questions for you as well. But we always start out with the uh, the week that was. What is going on?
1: So, John, another very, very busy week. And I want to actually introduce something that is a little bit new here. Uh, we've had a lot of people contact us with uh questions about workers' compensation uh w s i b which we 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 don't do at the firm uh but we are now affiliated with uh, w- with a company with a consultant that actually has expertise with workers' compensation right and so if you contact me if you if you reach out to us through the number and the email that you give John, then we can put you in touch with this consultant again that person doesn't work for our firm but it's somebody we're affiliated with as well as Uh, several other consultants who deal with disability, who deals with short-term disability and long-term disability. So very, very interesting. Now, I want to talk about a few things. I want to start off with uh, a few people who had contacted me. One is a lady in Ottawa who has been going back and forth with her insurance company. And I see this happening quite often where the insurance company says, okay, you've applied for long-term disability. We're going to get back to you. And they never get back to you. And then you follow up with them 15,000 times (laughs) and they never get back to you. And so, you know, this lady ended up contacting a law firm and ended up uh, uh, signing up with a lawyer. She didn't really want to, but the lawyer sort of insisted that she sign up with them. Right. And which is, as far as I'm concerned, inappropriate. You should never force anyone to sign up if they're not ready uh, for you to help them. So in any event, she signs up and she contacts us later because she was concerned about signing up. Sure. To which we explained to her that she has no obligation to that lawyer. The lawyer hasn't done anything. So in any event... I have a conversation with her by phone and I explain to her what she needs to do with her insurance company, what steps she needs to take to force the insurance company to give her an answer on her LTD application. And she does that. And again, they string her along for about two months or so. And then she contacts me this past week and she says, well, lo and behold, they come back and they've denied my claim. But they've invited me to appeal that denial right and so i'd like to speak with you but i'm very concerned because i have this deadline for responding back to the appeal you know i only have x amount of days until i can you know respond back and this is this is similar to you know when Lior talks on the employment show about employers who let you go who tell you you know you have 3 days to make a decision and if you don't make a decision on accepting our severance we you're not going to get the you know right. the severance and Le, what does leor say he says you know that deadline is irrelevant yep. your rights don't expire three days from now. Same thing with LTD, okay? The insurance company denies your claim, uh, presumably for the first time. They tell you you can appeal. You have 30 days, let's say, they tell you to appeal. Your rights do not expire in 30 days. Do not be worried about that. And more to the point, we talk about this all the time, don't even bother appealing these decisions because, as I'm going to talk about down the road uh, on the show, People contacting me who've who've appealed once, appealed twice, even three times, and keep getting denied. Now, why do they keep getting denied? Because the insurance company is betting that you'll walk away from money that they owe you. They're, They're betting that they can shake you off, that you'll think that you have no rights, that you have no recourse. Nonsense. If your doctors say that you are disabled, you have rights. But the way to enforce those rights is through the legal process, not through their internal appeal process which is not the legal process. If you appeal a decision, you have no, there's no pressure point you're applying on the insurance company. It's an internal thing for them. You're essentially appealing to the exact same people who denied you in the first place. So, long story short, if you're told you're denied, we're cutting you off, LTD, whatever they tell you, you have 30 days to appeal, don't worry about that deadline. Your rights do not expire. What you should do is give us a call or email us as soon as you can so right. we can tell you what your legal options are. Yeah,
0: and yeah, how many times are you going to appeal until you're finally out of time? Because every time you appeal, it does not reset the two-year clock. So you're going to end up running out of time anyway.
1: Which does happen. Yeah, P- people contact brutal. us two and a half years later and yeah, we done. tell them we can't help you. Yeah. And they've left th- th- tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in the pockets of the insurance company because they didn't take the right steps at the right time.
0: A couple minutes ago before we break, what else you got going on today?
1: Uh, so I was going to talk about another situation. Uh, a... Um, lady who had contacted us, who was in a terrible accident, a snowmobile accident, back in February of last year, sustained injuries to her back ribs, punctured her lungs, bruised her heart, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. And as you can imagine, she's going through a lot of therapy. And again, the insurance company is denying her claim, has denied her claim. And what's more, her employer has offered her to come back to work, let's say, half a, I think it was half a day uh, mm-hmm. per week. Which is something, right? Some money. Remember, she's been out of work because of this accident since February of last year. And the insurance company denied her claim. And she's contacting us because she wants to know, should I go back to work for that half a day? Is that going to affect my LTD claim? And we're going to talk about that. What happens when you've been cut off or you've been denied your claim, you have no money coming in. Should you go back to work against doctor's medical advice just so you can bring you know, a few cents home right. so that you can pay the mortgage and pay the kids expenses, et cetera. So let's talk about that after the break, John, because that's a very, very important issue that I deal with every day.
0: You bet. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number to get a hold of Savannah and the rest of the team. Help at inyourcorner.ca to reach out through email and to uh, remind our TV show, Global TV Show, In Your Corner is happening Sundays at 8.30 a.m. Lots more In Your Corner is on the way. Stick around right here, Global News Radio. The number to reach out and get a hold of Savannah and the team. Do so, write it down, keep it, Help at inyourcorner.ca as well. So let's pick it up uh, where we left off. You had a case you were talking about.
1: Yeah, so I want to talk about this issue that I see often. People who are contacting me, who are telling me that, you know, they've been cut off long-term disability or or they've been uh, denied disability, and they're trying to figure out if they should go back to work. Mm -hmm. Now, the caveat is that their doctors are telling them that they're not ready to go back. In other words, it would be against medical advice to go back to work. But people need money to come in, right? They have expenses. They have a mortgage. They're panicking. They don't know what to do. So remember something, and this is really, really important. I can't stress this enough. If you go back to work, I don't care what the reason is, but you've gone back to work, presumably against medical advice, and you're able to actually sustain that work, meaning you're working with pain, Mm. but you're working, I can't do anything for you because you've proven that the insurance company is correct. Yeah. The insurance yeah, yeah. company has been, they've denied your claim on the basis that they say you can work. Yeah, And you're saying, well, yeah, but I'm doing it with pain. Well, you know, a lot of people are working with pain, whether it's sciatica or depression or whatever it is. If you are going back to work and you're able to sustain that work, it means that you have now proved the insurance company's case.
0: Yeah, you've given them a cushion.
1: You've given them a cushion. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, how can I yeah. argue to the insurance company that you are disabled if you can work? Now, I understand you know, people's concern that, well, what do I do? I have no money coming in. I nope. was denied last year, like that case we just talked about, the lady in the snowmobile accident in February of last year. Well, here's what you do. You don't wait for a year and a half before contacting me. You contact me the day you are denied. Or if you're told you're going to be denied, three months from now, like many insurance companies tell their claimants, then you contact me now, not three months from now when you're denied. Because guess what? I may be able to resolve your claim within those three months. Right such that you're not going to have a gap in the money coming in. So very, very important to understand. It's, look, it's an unfair system. I didn't build this system. James didn't build that system. You didn't build that system, John. John. We are working within that system. Our job is to maximize the pressure we place on insurance companies, but we can't do that unless you contact us in time. If you've left it to the last minute and you've left it to the point where now you really have no choice and you're going to go against your doctor's advice, you're going to go back to work, then then you've just made the case for the insurance company. So just keep that in mind. I can't do anything for you if you've gone back to work and you're in fact are able to work because if that's the case, well, then the insurance company is correct. They don't have to pay you because you are able to work. Right.
0: help at inyourcorner.ca is the number. You got one more? You want to move on to email?
1: Yeah, let's just move on to the email. Okay, cool. I have a ton more, but let's just move on to the email. Yeah,
0: Uh, Daniel, your first stop. Daniel says, my sister has been dealing with a very difficult situation at home for the past year and a half. She had a miscarriage and this led to a divorce. She's been seeing a psychologist and he has advised her that she has severe depression. She's on medications, but she's unable to work, and her family doctor also agrees. Despite that, her insurance company denied her LTD claim. Does she need to see a psychiatrist to get her claim approved? No. Period. That's it. Wow. That's
1: it. And and you know, people there think and insurance companies lead you to think that, you know, you need to have a certain type of doctor that says that you cannot work. Right. Now, to some extent, there is truth to it. In other words, if you are suffering from depression, for example, you can not go to an orthopedic surgeon and have that person comment so, oh, yeah, on I your psychological state. Yeah. yeah, But when you're dealing with a psychological or a mental health issue, you know whether you have a psychologist or a psychiatrist and there is a difference i mean psychiatrist is a medical doctor yeah but but that's not to say that one is better than the other i mean i have yep. seen some crappy psychiatrists you sure. know you know uh, in in some of the claims uh and and i've seen some crappy psychologists mm-hmm. so so that's not to say that one is better than the other i mean they have different functions and sometimes they overlap but you know at the end of the day if you have someone who's treating you who is trained to treat you Your particular who is doing their job yeah, yeah and they provide sufficient documentation and support stating that you are unable to work because of this and this and this and here's the diagnosis and here's the prognosis and here are the treatments and they're saying that you're following the treatments. There is no reason why the insurance company is denying your claim. So it's very important to understand, Daniel, no, your sister has a claim here. The psychologist clearly from your email has stated that she's unable to work we can go after the insurance company she does not have to go see a psychiatrist if she does that's fine she can go see a psychiatrist if she wants but she doesn't have to I am going to start that legal claim on the basis of what the psychologist is saying the psychologist who's been treating her and I think that I can force the insurance company to come to the table and uh, agree in good faith to negotiate a resolution. Uh, we d- again, John, we do this every single day in right. our office.
0: You need the medical documentation from a professional that is really <laughs> your trump card and saying this person cannot work or they are, are eligible for that old yes. TD. Now the insurance company may come back and say we need more. We need more documentation, which they often do, right? Yeah,
1: they, they may. Which they can. W- which they can, and again, we have to evaluate that. I mean, right, listen, if right. your psychologist, again, I, I give the example, if they wrote just on a, on a, on a napkin, yeah, build this sick. person is the Yeah, Bill <laughs> sick, exactly. <laughs> that's nothing. That's, that's right. not good. Yeah. But I, I, have seen, I have seen letters from, from psychologists that are five, six, seven pages long where they're so detailed in the history of the progression of the disease that the person is suffering from, right. and yet the adjuster ignores all of that. And the adjuster says, no, despite all that, I simply don't agree. I have seen, this was a couple of years ago, a psychologist that was so frustrated by the adjuster who was denying the claim that she started one of her letters by saying, you do not understand the gravity of the situation. Wow, that's how it started. That's how huh? the psychologist started her letter to the adjuster. And, and you know, in fact, that was a case where the insurance company's own psychiatrist agreed that the
0: claimant wow, was in a very no bad kidding. state.
1: So, I mean, I, you know, I'll tell you, we came out of that mediation with a very, very nice settlement for my client. Wow.
0: 1-855-821-5900. Help at inyourcorner.ca to reach out. We'll get back to your emails. Nathan, if you sent one over just recently, yours is up next. So stand by for that. It is in your corner. Global News Radio, 1-855-821-5900, help at inyourcorner.ca is the number and the email to reach out anytime to Savannah and the rest of the crew. And uh, get some, some resolution happening anyway, at least have a chit chat and see where you can go from there. Nathan, next up with the email, Nathan says, a good friend of mine at work told me to contact you. My father, who is 58, suffered a stroke last year. I've been acting as his power of attorney because of everything we've been dealing with. We've missed time for applying for LTD by 10 days, and the insurer denied his claim because of that. It just seems very unfair, and I'm wondering if we can do anything about this. He was earning 175 a year, and his wife, who is disabled herself, is left with very little income. Did he, or he did qualify for CPP disability recently. What does he do?
1: Well, so Nathan, thank you for for reaching out to us. And uh, a big, big thank you to your friend at work. And John, I want to make sure people understand, if you are listening to this show, you may not be in need of our help. But you may know somebody who may need our help. So please make sure to let them know to contact us. Now, in Nathan's situation with his father, I have seen this time and time again. And we've spoken about a case, actually, that I was dealing with, Uh, just about a month or two ago, I think. Uh, Very similar case, except that in that case, that person who was incapacitated because of a stroke uh, missed a deadline to apply by just over a year. Wow! Now, technically, the insurance company is correct, if you think about it, right? I mean, the policy stipulates that you have to apply for LTD within a prescribed timeline. So you'd think, and most people I think out there uh, in receipt of, of an answer of a denial from an insurance company in this case, would think, yeah, the insurance company yeah. is correct. I you can't argue ball. that. You missed it. Yeah. But what Nathan is touching on is something that is very important, which is that, is it fair? No, it's absolutely not fair for the insurance company to rely on a technicality. And this is where we enter into a branch of, or an area of law known as equity, which means essentially fairness. Okay. And there is a principle in contract law called relief from forfeiture. You can actually, you can Google that. You'll see that it's across common law jurisdictions here, the states, Australia, the UK. And what that means is that you are asking the courts to not look at the technical breach. It's it's a a small breach of the policy or the contract. You're looking, or, or you're asking the court to look at the equities, the fairness of the situation. I mean, did this look at person, the macro, not the micro? Of it, exactly, right? like, yeah. exactly. The forest for the trees, yeah. exactly. Very, very important here. And, and, you know, in that other case that I was dealing with, with the incapacitated person miss a deadline by a year, I tell you, as soon as I became involved in the case, we resolved the claim within less than a month. Wow. The insurance company understood that if we started a legal claim on that basis and we ended up before a judge, and the insurance company's only position here wasn't that the person wasn't disabled under the policy, but that they missed the deadline to apply. And in this case, in Nathan's uh, father's uh, case, t- by 10 days, There wasn't. do you year. think a judge yeah. is ever going to side with the insurance yeah. company here? Yeah. No chance. But most people out there don't understand this, don't know this. I'm not expecting them to know. So I am telling you, if you miss the deadline to apply for LTD, and on that basis... The insurance company is denying your claim or the claim of a loved one, especially when there is a good reason here, incapacitation, which you know is very tragic and explainable. Uh, you are going to be successful, in, in my opinion, again, depending on the facts, but you're probably going to be successful in an application right. or a legal claim with the courts, which is why insurance companies, as soon as we get involved on that basis, back down.
0: One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 821 is that number. Help at inyourcorner.ca through email. I'm next is, how often do you deal with CPP disability? My, uh, my best friend is on long-term disability, and she was told by her insurer that she must apply for CPP disability, which she did and then was denied. But now the insurance company is cutting her off LTD because she was denied CPP. But her doctors are saying that she can't work yet because of her illness.
1: So, Maya, we deal with CPP disability quite often. And, you know, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned that we work with consultants now um, who don't work for the firm, but they they, they are independent uh, consultants that uh, can help individuals right. with workers' comp and various issues with disability. Well, they can also help with CPP disability. So you've, you've you've been denied CPP disability. The recourse, there is an appeal, unlike with LTD where I tell you don't appeal. So, so Maya, we can definitely help with CPP disability here, but... To the point that you're making, insurance companies will often tell claimants to apply for CPP disability, and why? Well, because they get a credit sure. for whatever you get from CPP disability. We Makes talked sense. about that before. So if you're getting an LTD payment of $3,000 a month and your CPP payment ought to be $1,000 a month, yeah. you're not getting 1000 $3,000. you are still getting 3000 It's just that the insurance company, what they owe you goes down by by a grand. But what insurance companies often do, unfortunately, is they'll... Uh, piggyback on the denial of the CPP disability claim, and they'll say, well, clearly the government doesn't think that you are seriously and permanently Therefore, disabled. Yeah. Therefore, we don't think that you qualify for LTD. Wow! Absolute nonsense. The tests are different, and even if they were not different, there are two bodies adjudicating this. One is the insurance company, and the other one is the government. So there is no reason why the insurance company is denying your claim or cutting you off on the basis of a denial of CPP disability. And we fought those claims in other situations, successfully, and insurance companies come back to the table, and again, we resolve these claims all the time.
0: And when the show's not on TV or on radio, you got questions to reach out. You can do so mydisabilityquestions.com. dot com. Answers will come back very quickly. If you haven't checked it out, do it. Uh, do so now mydisabilityquestions.com. dot uh, com. The email address, of course, is help dot ca, and the good old fashioned phone is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. More on the way in your corner on Global News Radio. It 821 1-855-821-5900. The phone number, email would be help at inyourcorner.ca. Dimitri up next as far as email is concerned. Dimitri says, I'm contacting you on behalf of my father who's been in the hospital for the last three weeks after a very bad fall at a grocery store when he slipped on some spilled liquid on the floor. Apparently the manager of the store said that their machine was leaking for almost a week and they're waiting for a technician, but they didn't have any warning signs in the area. My father is 61 and he broke his right hip because of this fall and had surgery. The doctor says that he'll have trouble walking in the future, and we may want to consider home care or having my father move into a home. Is the grocery store responsible for this?
1: Yes. And, yeah. and you know, John, it's. It's. I'm really happy that Dimitri sent me the question. I'm not happy about what happened to his father, but the question is very important because, you know, we often talk about long-term disability here, but we don't necessarily talk about slips and falls as much and and car accidents. So I want to really address this because people do contact us and we help them with these kinds of claims. So here's what you need to know, Dimitri. First of all, the grocery store is going to have insurance. And so it's very, very important that we put them on notice of a legal claim here. Whenever we're dealing with a slip and fall, we are dealing with two primary issues. The first issue is whether or not whoever was responsible for the area Where the accident happened. If they're negligent. If they're negligent, right? And and I'll talk about that in a second. The second question, if the answer is yes, the second question then is, what are the damages? And and it's not as simple as as saying, okay, the damage is X amount of dollars. You have to be able to understand how to assess those injuries and how we come up. You know, how how do we come about with calculation of, of of the damage? So let's talk about liability for a second. Negligence. I mean, clearly here, the manager was saying that this has been ongoing for about a week, right? There was a leakage of some sort.
0: We haven't got around to it yet. No technician.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can tell you right now, having defended grocery stores in the past myself, and and I remember I worked as a defense lawyer for insurance companies. If I saw a fact scenario like this, I would be telling the insurance company that's insuring the grocery store that my client, your client is probably negligent. Yeah. Yeah. And how and why do we say that? Well, because under the Occupiers Liability Act, which is the legislation that governs these kinds of, of incidents, uh, there is a provision that says that the owner or occupier of a premises has an obligation to keep that premises reasonably safe—not perfectly safe, but sure. reasonable. Reasonable. Well, you tell me: is it not reasonable to have warning signs in the area, or to 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 you know make sure that the area is not that, pe- 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 that people like a low can, can, traffic area yeah, now, that right? The, that they can tr- Yeah. 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 Uh, 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 traverse the area. I mean, it's very important to understand that uh, uh, when you slip and fall, especially if in in a situation like this or or, or on ice and snow, that you or someone you know takes pictures of the area uh, to show the state of the area when you fell. That's very, very important. So in this case, I can tell you the grocery store will most likely be held liable. Now, once we've established that or we think that that's in fact the case, we have to notify the grocery store so the insurance company gets involved. But then we move on to damages. How do we figure out what Dimitri's father is gonna be entitled to? Yeah. Well, we have to figure out, first of all, we have to let some time pass. We have to figure out uh, what is the result of the surgery? Is he, in fact, gonna to have to move into a home or not? But when we start thinking about damages and and and, and the worth, the, the, the dollar worth of a case, we're looking at several factors. We're looking at pain and suffering, okay? That's one thing, and I'll talk about that in a second. We're looking at out-of-pocket expenses. Okay. If he's going to need physio or, auto, or, or you know various medical types of devices at home now, who's going to pay for that? Right. Is it going to be the insurance company of the grocery store? Is it going to be uh, Dimitri or his father out-of-pocket? Well, we're going to be advancing those kinds of expenses as against the insurance company. So that's called special damages, out-of-pocket expenses. If Dimitri's father was working at the time and now can't work, there's going to be an income loss claim. We yeah. have to deal with that. What about the whole issue about um, the expenses of moving into a home, or even having a caregiver at home? Yeah. I mean that's not that cheap. Add up oh, exactly, man. and these homes, man. I mean they can oh. cost three grand, four grand, five grand a month. Yeah, I've seen the Sopranos. It's crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. But but you know, a claim like this, I can tell you, pain and suffering alone. For, for hip fractures requiring surgery can easily be worth $90,000, $100,000, $120,000 right. just for the injury, just for the pain and suffering. Tack on to that the other expenses, like having a home they need to go into or a caregiver or other expenses, you are looking at a claim that could easily rise up to three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars 600000 depending on the case. Man, oh man. So, and again, and w- why am I talking about this other than the fact that Dimitri emailed us? is because some people will go to lawyers who don't understand how to advance a claim on the basis of all of these factors. And so when I was doing defense work in the past for insurance companies, I would come across lawyers who would settle claims that are worth, let's say, half a million dollars for a hundred grand. Just missing everything. They would miss stuff because they don't understand the law, they don't understand how all these things interact with each other. So very important to understand, as soon as something like this happens, you give us a call so that we can have a chat once we talk, once I explain the process to you, James explains the process to you, you can make a decision with your family on how you want to proceed. And, and John, we just literally scratched the surface of, of the situation with Dimitri. And Dimitra, I, I, I think that we should speak off air and, and you know I, I can certainly make my way and actually go and see you and your father so we can talk about this. Very, very important for me that you understand, you and your family, what you need to do to proceed forward if in fact you want to do that. If you don't want to proceed, don't want to claim anything, that's up to you. But to answer your question, the grocery store's insurance company will be on the hook based on what you've described, and we're talking about a claim that is worth potentially half a million dollars.
0: Moral of the story: Fix your freezer. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Just yeah, get it done. Yeah, John, Unplug it. But we see Unplug this. It. it
1: happens in malls. Yeah. It happens in stores. It happens in parking yeah. lots. It happens a lot.
0: Right? Yeah. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. Help at uh, inyourcorner.ca in your corner dot to reach out through email. And a reminder: our global TV show in your corner happens Sundays at eight thirty in the morning. Lots more on the way. This is in your corner on Global News Radio. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The phone number anytime. Make sure you use that. Keep it with you. Get a hold of James or a uh, Savan member of the team at the firm. It's a perfect way to do it. Help at in your corner dot is the uh, the email address as well. Sha- Shannon in that regard is. Up next with her email says my son was bullied and harassed at his workplace repeatedly and because of that he developed very severe depression. He has seen several doctors about this and is taking different medications. He has uh, been on short-term disability for a few months and has applied for LTD, but he was denied because apparently the LTD insurer, which is different from the short-term disability insurer, doesn't think that he qualifies for LTD because of insufficient medical documentation. Ah, it rears its ugly head again. Uh, how can it be that one insurer says one thing and then another one says something else? Can you help him?
1: Yes, we can probably help him, Shannon. I need to see some of the medical documentation uh, that was provided to both insurance companies. You know, insurance companies are are not infallible. I keep saying that all the time. In Mm -hmm. fact, they're far from that. Remember, these are adjusters, uh, individuals who are making judgment calls as to whether or not a claim should be approved or not. And the fact that you have different insurance companies, I've seen situations. In fact, I have one currently right now that I'm, I'm dealing with where a person was approved for short-term disability and then denied for long-term by the same insurer. Just because two different adjusters, one for the short-term, one for the long-term, have evaluated the claim differently. And of course, we use that against Mm -hmm. one another, right? Because nothing's changed. The test is essentially the same for qualifying for LTD or STD, especially for the LTD component for the first two years, where the test is, can you do your own job rather than can you do any job? So... Shannon, the reality is this. Can I help him? Absolutely. He should not be appealing. I know you didn't ask about that, but I'm telling you, do not appeal that decision. Uh, And, you know, when insurance companies come back and say we are denying your claim because of, quote, insufficient medical documentation, end quote, or any language like that, that is bull. It's absolute bull if your doctors are clearly stating why it is that the person is disabled, what's disabling them functionally, and that the prognosis is unknown at this point. In other words, that for the foreseeable future or the next little while, the person is disabled, they should qualify for LTD. I mean, it's as simple as that. And again, why are they denying the claim? Well, think about that. They're denying it because they're assuming that you're simply going to walk away. Or, Shannon, in your case, your son is going to walk away from this claim. So you did the right thing by contacting us. Again, your son is not alone. There are thousands of people just like him who are denied all the time by insurance companies. And it's important to hold insurance companies to account. But yeah, you do see variations amongst insurance companies and in how they view documentation as well as internally within insurance companies when different adjusters are involved in different parts of the file.
0: Plus these adjusters have hundreds of cases on their desk. Like, I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not going as deep as you guys could ever go on a case for an LTD. I mean, they're, they're flipping through these things. They got, you know, they're busy. They're, they're going to miss busy. stuff. They're, they're, they're going to miss things. They're extremely busy.
1: And yeah. you know we talked about this before, even with Terry, right? I mean, they don't have perhaps formal quotas of how many denials they need to have or right. how many notches like that they have you know, yeah. on their belt. But the reality is that they are in the business of making money. These adjusters have one master and one master alone, which is their bosses upstairs, the insurance company. They need to make a profit. Right. And how do they make a profit? Deny Taking claims. in premiums denying claims or paying as little as possible.
0: Leslie, uh, your email up next, Leslie says my adjuster says that the fact that I am not willing to try to go back to work, that's evidence that I'm not trying to get better and that as a result my long-term disability payments will stop uh, in May, end of May. Uh, But I'm not ready and my doctor agrees. I'm afraid that if I try to go back to work when I'm ready that will make me so much worse. Uh, What can I do? I'm very scared. I I would be very scared too, Leslie. I'm not blaming you for being scared. And, John, how ludicrous of
1: a logic that is. Eh? Uh, if you're not trying to go back to work, therefore you are, you, you are, you are not disabled. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's absolutely insane to say that that's evidence, especially when your doctor is saying that you cannot go back to work yep. yet. It's against medical advice. You're following your doctor's orders. Mm-hmm. But again, we see this all the time because adjusters don't care. Again, not every adjuster, right? There's right. some good people out there. But for the most part, when I see a case where the insurance company is telling a person and, in fact, often coercing them, forcing them, telling them, you better try to go back to work. We are trying uh, this work-hardening program. Yeah, you need to mitigate. This, you need to mitigate, which mm-hmm. is that legal term that says yeah. that you have to try and go back to work. Nonsense. Okay, I was going to use a bad word. <laughs> Nonsense. You, are, you should be following your doctor's orders. If your doctors think that it's time for you to try a return to work program and you believe that they are correct, obviously, then of course, work with your doctor, work with your adjuster. Look, at the end of the day, I'm not telling you to stay at home for the sake of staying at home and collecting a check. If you can go back to work, go back to work 100%, 150%. But if you cannot and your doctors are saying that you cannot, what right does the insurance company have to tell you that you are not trying hard enough? What right do they have What nerve do they have Mm -hmm. to say that that's evidence that you are now really disabled and you don't care and that you just, what is that? It's absolute nonsense. It's inappropriate. It's improper. And I can tell you right now, we fight these kinds of claims. And when I see a claim like that and I get an adjuster in a discovery mode and I question them, my goal is to make that adjuster cry. Because that's that's just that's what they've done to my client, yeah. and it's just not fair.
0: You want to reach out? You can do so. As we get into our last few minutes of the show, you have time. Help at in your ca is that email address. The phone call anytime is 1-855-821-5900. You have questions on the outside of the show hours. That is mydisabilityquestions.com as well. It's free. gets questions and answers by Savan and the rest of his team as well. Uh, we'll get back. Last few minutes of In Your Corner right here on Global News Radio. And the number is 1-855-821-5900. Nine hundred help at inyourcorner.ca. our global TV show in your corner happens Sunday mornings at 830. If you've not seen it, check it out. Lots of valuable uh, information there as well. Todd, your email's up next. Todd says I've tried to follow all the recommendations that my LTD case manager has been suggesting in the last eight to nine months. But recently, they've said that if I take a certain medication prescribed by my doctor, they're going to cut me off. They say that their psychiatrist uh, consultant disagrees with the medication. I've been prescribed and should be taking something else instead. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, but I'm very scared of my adjuster.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, Todd, just like I said to the previous person who had emailed us about an adjuster who... Tells them to do something you know that's contrary to 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 what their 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 treating practitioner is telling them. You follow what your doctor is saying. You do not follow what their consultant. Don't yeah, be is
0: strong-armed saying. by them. Yes. You do
1: not be strong-armed. Absolutely not. The consultants that insurance companies use, their hired
0: guns. What is a psychiatric consultant I, as opposed I, to a psychiatrist?
1: So I, I, I don't know. I actually don't. <laughs> I, listen, I've, I've heard a whole bunch of medical terms or terms thrown around. You know, yeah. James likes to say that when they use the word consultant, it means non-doctor. Right. And that may be the case. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea who it is that they're using here, yeah. but I don't care. It, it's irrelevant to me. If you have somebody who's treating you, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a neurologist, a chronic pain doctor, you listen to what these people are telling you. They are treating you. They they are the ones who have taken the Hippocratic Oath and they are the ones who have your best interests at heart. Yeah. Not that person, consultant, medical consultant, whatever, hired by by the insurance company, being paid by the insurance company to give an opinion. Now, I have seen situations where the consultant or medical practitioner, whoever it is that the insurance company has hired, has given some good recommendations that my client's own doctors agree with. Okay, I have no problem with that. As long as your doctors, people who are treating you, are telling you this is okay, go ahead, try it, do whatever you need to do, go ahead and do it. But if your own doctor is saying X and the insurance company's consultant is saying Y, you cross off the Y and you follow X. You follow what your doctors are saying. It's that simple. Now, why, why is, is Todd and John and, and, and why are other people scared so much? Well, because they're scared because insurance companies hold power over them. Mm-hmm. What is that power? It's the money that these individuals need to survive. And this is what I want to get out for people, right? That we only have a few minutes left. You have a lot more power than you think you do. People often don't believe me. They only believe me when we actually exit the room after we've negotiated a very nice settlement for them.
0: And they're like, damn, you're right.
1: Yeah, because they assume, because they've been told, I'm owed nothing, and suddenly they come out with $200,000 in their pocket. And I tell them, well, I didn't get you the $200,000 or the three hundred, or the four hundred, or whatever it yeah. is because the insurance company decided to be generous. It wasn't magic. It wasn't magic. Yeah. It was us understanding where to press, what's the pressure point on them. Right. So you have to understand, you have certain rights, but you have to force those rights. You have to let us loose, let's put it that way. Let us fight the insurance company and force them to the table. Because trust me, they will come to the table. They're not interested in fighting you. The big battle that they are waging against you Is the psychological battle. You thinking that it's a David and Goliath situation that you cannot take them on. And what do we say, John? Who won that battle with David and Goliath? David won it. You got it, exactly. So that's what you take out of it. You have a lot more power than you think you do.
0: We'll move on to uh, Len. Finally, Len says, I had a triple bypass last October and then a heart attack this past February. I've been on long term disability for over a year now because of the heart related issues. All my Life. Uh, I've been long-distance truck driver. I'm 54 years old, and my doctors have said that I, I can't go back to my job. But they haven't really said another anything else about doing another job. But I don't know how to do anything else. It's been lifelong. I have a grade 8 education. My insurance company is saying that they'll cut me off. When I reach 24 months, the two-year mark, and I don't know what I will do when that happens. Can you help me?
1: Yes, we can, Lynn, absolutely. And And the reason why the 24 months is important is because Uh, At the 24-month mark, the two-year mark with LTD, the test to qualify for LTD changes. The first two years to get LTD, you have to show that you cannot do your own occupation. You can't work in your job. Beyond the two years, you have to show that you can't work in any occupation for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience. Now, given your level of education, Len, your health situation, your age, I think it's going to be very difficult for the insurance company to, to actually prove in court, if this ever went into court, right. that, that you don't qualify beyond two years. But nothing stops the insurance company from telling you they'll cut you off. I mean, if they believe that you will walk away from the money that they owe you beyond the two years, they're going to try and do that. Because guess what? You're 54 years old. If they're paying you, I don't know, a couple of grand uh, a month, I mean, if they owe you 25, dollars $25,000 a year, do the math for the next 11 years. Yep. I mean, it's a lot of money they would be saving if you walked away from yeah. that money that is owed to you. So you've done the right thing by emailing us. We can help you. Uh, it's not that difficult. But you know, for people out there who are cut off at the two-year mark or close to the two-year mark, again, don't take it at face value that the insurance company is right in cutting you off. In the vast majority of cases, when people contact us, we see letters and reports from doctors that say, no, this person cannot do any job. And once we have those kinds of documents, we can go after the insurance company and make them pay.
0: Done for another day. Join us on TV, Global TV Show, In Your Corner, Sundays at 8.30 a.m. By the way, you want to reach out through the phone number, 1-855-821-5900, and email us help at inyourcorner.ca. Till next time, this has been In Your Corner on Global News Radio.